You joined on the line from Toronto by Marcus Kolga from the McDonald Laurier Institute here to talk this morning about Canada's decision to return gas turbines to Germany to allow more Russian gas to flow to our NATO ally. Marcus Kolga, good morning, sir. Welcome back to the show. Good morning. Thanks for having me on, Sterling. Well, it's good. I'm quoting you now here from Twitter. Canada has fallen victim to Putin's deception and energy blackmail by undermining its own sanctions policy. Canada may as well be sending Putin missiles and bombs. Obviously, you think this was a bad decision. Why? Uh, it was. It was a. It was a really bad decision, Sterling. Um, my sense is that. Uh, that the Canadian government has been duped. Uh, and like I said in, in that tweet, I mean, we've fallen victim to Vladimir Putin's uh, energy blackmail. Um, this is uh, the kind of thing that he's been engaging in for a number of years. Uh, certainly our eastern uh, partners in NATO in Eastern Europe and, and in Ukraine have, have seen this. They've experienced it. They've been victims of it. And, uh, and the problem with, uh, with sending this one single turbine, and, and that's all it is right now, is that... Uh, it hands Vladimir Putin a, uh, a victory. It, uh, it undermines the credibility of Canada's own sanctions regime. It uh, undermines our foreign policy, our defense policy, our human rights policy. Um, it, uh, it also directly enables Vladimir Putin to continue funding his war. He needs to keep bu- pumping that gas to Europe in order to pay for his war. The, the war is costing him right now a billion dollars a day, right. and he's getting at least that much in, in oil revenue. So it's a, it's, a, it's a big win for Vladimir Putin, and there's no real... It's a, it's a, a lose-lose situation for, for Canada. Indeed, and, and to say nothing of Ukraine, Marcus, and here's a quote from President Zelensky, quote, if a terrorist state can squeeze out such an exception to sanctions, what exceptions will it want tomorrow or the day after tomorrow? This is part of his statement of reacting to the decision by Canada, which uh, was enormously disappointing, to say the very least. Well, you're, you're absolutely right, and, and President Zelensky is correct. I mean, this sets, sets a potentially dangerous precedent uh, in terms of our allies and our other sanctions. Um, uh, if we can carve out some sort of a, an exception for, let's face it, I mean, this is Vladimir Putin. It's his energy company, Gazprom. Right. If we can carve out an exception for them, then, uh, you know, we can carve out exceptions for all others, you know, anyone, any other entity, any other individual. And so what it does is, is that it opens this door where we have our, you know, our, our less reliable allies. You know, I'm looking at Germany primarily, who's really become incredibly over-dependent on Russian gas, mm-hmm. uh, Italy as well. Um, you know, I think that European policymakers who want to return to business as usual uh, with, with Russia and sort of uh, turn a blind eye to their, their invasion uh, in Ukraine, it, uh, it offers them the opportunity. And justifies, uh, you know, requests for them to to dial back the sanctions. So, you know, again, it, it sets a terrible uh, precedent. And uh, it's something that the, the, the government needs to reconsider, quite frankly, and, and perhaps yeah, as soon as possible, in fact, um, rescind this, this order to... Uh, to give Putin that exception. Well, now, Marcus, the government of Canada clearly expected blowback from people like you and, well, millions of taxpayers across the country. So they had their pals at the State Department in the United States uh, go very public with their support of the Canadian decision uh, with regards to their NATO ally. So how much cover did that allow Trudeau? Well, I'm I'm not sure it gave them that much cover. I mean, uh, this is what allies do. I suppose. But uh, in reality, you know, I, I think the, the 
what we heard from the U.S. and, and a few other allies, and certainly the German ambassador here in Canada, is that Canada's decision was intended to preserve unity amongst European nations yes. uh, in the context of Ukraine. Right. Um, I, I think that this decision, quite frankly, has done quite the opposite. I think that uh, many of our allies, especially those in, in Eastern Europe, are questioning the reliability of Canada. And I think that privately, I am sure of it, um, there are those in, in the U.S. and Washington who are also questioning uh, Canada's reliability. I think that the, uh, the, the announcement that came out last week about this took absolutely everyone by surprise. As someone like myself who's been watching Russia and certainly you know, keeping an eye on Canadian foreign policy in that area, I was. I think it, I, I would be understating my 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 shock uh, to that uh, to that decision. It it just makes no sense whatsoever. And like I said earlier, it, my sense is that uh, that Justin Trudeau and his his cabinet and whoever is making these foreign policy decisions clearly um, doesn't understand the Putin regime uh, and and has been duped into making this decision because there is no clear benefit for Canada with this decision, none whatsoever, or frankly, our allies, uh, you know, gas will continue flowing uh, through through Russia sure. at, uh, or through, through those pipelines at Putin's whim. He has his hand on the throttle that, uh, you know, uh, Germany suggesting that that these turbines were causing a, a reduction in flow in that pipeline is nonsense. It is Vladimir Putin who is doing it. And Canada needs to realize that these are the sorts of games that uh, Putin plays to manipulate us into making very, very bad and dangerous decisions. Well, Marcus, you talk about now the diminishing role that Canada appears to be playing on the international stage and the diminishing regard many of those uh, who are our allies and partners in some of these adventures are, are seeing. Is some of that diminishment, Marcus, uh, in not only to do with this decision to provide this gas turbine to Germany and therefore to Russia, but also the fact that we aren't being very forthcoming as an energy alternative to many of those European allies, like Germany, who are over-dependent, as you've described them, on Russian products. Well, very good question, Sterling. Uh, you know, I, I wrote about this already three or four years ago, and have done so quite often. Um, you know, those of us who have been watching Russia and Europe um, have been concerned, many people have been concerned, about uh, about Europe's dependence on Russian gas. Yeah. Um, lead amongst those nations, of course, is is Germany, uh, and uh, and the role that Canada could be playing. You know, we could be building infrastructure to get uh, our safe and reliable gas from Alberta to the uh, Atlantic Tidewater and getting it to Europe. I've spoken to a number of European leaders, uh, especially the Lithuanians, who were very wise five or six years ago when they built the first sort of offshore LNG terminal. They've been waiting for Canadian gas. The Estonians, who are just now building their own terminal, uh, offshore terminal, they've also been waiting for, uh, for Canadian gas and have said so publicly, and many other nations as well. And so Canada can really play a huge role in securing uh, European energy needs and and by doing so, also shoring up our own national defense because these are our allies, let's yeah. face it. And energy is being used to blackmail them. And if we can give them the, the gas that they need, uh, it will also protect them from that future blackmail. But we need, need to get, get on this immediately. This well, is not something that we should be thinking about 
doing in, in the next few years. Yeah, well, Marcus, though, now. given the, the, the government's hysterical anti-energy posture and the Greenpeace is running the Environment Ministry for crying out loud, they're essentially going to have to be shamed into doing the right thing. Is that possible? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, given the fact that they handed back these turbines, uh, clearly, you know, there are some people within the prime minister's office uh, and perhaps the foreign minister's office who are, quite frankly, living in a, in a different world, in a different reality. And so I, I'm not sure what, what amount of shaming one could do to get them to understand that, uh, you know, uh, gas is, is, the, is the answer uh, in, in our transition to a green, uh, green energy. Um, the Europeans themselves are begging for this. Yeah. You know, the German chancellor said, or sorry, Emmanuel Macron, the, the president of France, specifically named Canada about a month ago in a, uh, in a press conference, uh, you know, asking Canada to step up. So I'm not sure what else needs to be done or who, ne- who can convince uh, uh, our, our, our government better than these, these foreign leaders who we apparently respect asking for us to do the right thing. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm not convinced <laughs> that the prime minister is, is listening. He should be listening. And quite frankly, what he needs to be doing and his ministers need to be doing is finding people who understand Russia and are realistic about uh, Russia's motivations, Vladimir, Vladimir Putin's motivations, so that we can properly uh, adopt policies to, to address the, the challenges that he poses to Europe, our European allies and ourselves. Indeed. Marcus Koga, always a pleasure to have you on the program, sir. You provide uh, 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 moments of clarity that are very important in a discussion as uh, widespread as this one. Thanks for taking a few moments out of your weekend, Marcus. It's always a treat to have you join us. Anytime, sir. Thanks for having me on. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.